WWE Setting the Stage is a podcast for WWE fans where I recap events, break down storylines and angles, and make predictions about where those storylines and angles are headed. Whether you're just getting into wrestling or a WWE fanatic like me, this show is for you. I will see you ringside. Wrestleluminati, what's up my friends? So I gave you a quick sabbatical from the marathon of episodes after that crazy busy time last weekend. But now that the dust has settled a little bit, I'm back now for a fallout episode of last weekend, if you will. But before we get into anything, I want to remind you that this episode is powered by Poddex. Poddex are unique interview questions and episode starting prompts in the palm of your hand. So whether you are a new or existing podcaster looking to grow your audience or get more engagement, you're going to want to check out poddex.com. Use code GBJones10, that's Golf Bravo Jones 10 for 10% off of your first order. Poddex are the hottest new tool for podcasters looking to have more meaningful conversations or gamify their podcast. Simply shuffle up, ask a question, and let the content roll. Get yours today at poddex.com and use code GBJones10, that's Golf Bravo Jones 10 for 10% off your order. So in addition to that, um, Poddex also has an app. So uh, I, you know, and I think you can go and sign up for the app uh, for a a little bit of a trial run. Uh, I'm not sure if it's a week, a month or something. I'll have to look at that. Um, but I, I believe, I believe it's no less than a week. I'll have to, I'll have to get that bit of information for you next time. So the other thing that I've discovered about it too, is right now there's, uh, there's 37 digital decks on it. Um, and those decks, you know, my, the deck that I created that I talked to you about, uh, several episodes ago, mine actually is a 52 card deck. Um, the traditional deck that you would have, but a lot of the other decks, you know, they can have hundreds of questions. Uh, some of them have, I don't know, mine might even be the smallest deck on there. I'm not sure. Um, but so, so they have a lot of decks on there, but they're not the traditional decks. They can have like hundreds of hundreds of questions on there. So there's lots of material for everything. Um, but from what I last counted, there's 37 digital decks. And if you get any of the physical decks, which I think they're up to 10 now, uh, there's there was five original decks uh, when I first uh, signed up for the program, and then there's uh, five additional that they've since released. Uh, I think it was this year sometime. Um, and you can I think submit your order number inside the app and get get your physical decks actually added on to your digital deck collection. So um, it's a pretty good app. Like I said, I've been trying to implement uh, the app into my show somehow. That's going to be a change coming this year. So we'll see how that goes. Obviously, I'm going to be asking questions out of my own deck, uh, as well as who knows, somebody asked some questions out of some other decks too. We'll see. Uh, it might be not only is it good for podcast episodes, but you can do it on social media, you know, all kinds of things. You can use it for basically any type of tool you need to interact with your audience. So, uh, it's pretty good, pretty good stuff. Like I said, I'll, uh, I'll let you know what the, uh, the trial is, but I know you can sign up for a free trial to test it out before you actually commit to anything. So that, that obviously makes it a good deal as well. Um, so anyway, check it out if you want to, if you want to become a podcaster or maybe even up, like set up your social media game, or even, you know, if you want to be a conversation starter at a, you know, a party or a social gathering or something, it's a, uh, it's good for all those. So, uh, nothing but good things that I have to say about pod decks. Um, good, good, good tool for anything. Um, so also if you enjoy the content, um, please, uh, if you would like to support my show, uh, please head over to my support link in my show notes and buy me a coffee. 
Uh, your support is greatly appreciated if you choose to do so. Uh, one last thing also, in case this is your first time uh, listening to the show, I am an affiliate brand Viking for the beard struggle. I am an habitual user or consumer of their products myself. So I wanted to give you the opportunity to try their stuff out too, and hopefully you will be as happy as I am. Uh, my affiliate link is also in the show notes. You can get 20% off your order with the code GBJones20. That's Golf Bravo Jones 20 All right, so let's get into the meat and potatoes, the meat and potatoes of what we wanted to discuss here on the episode. Uh, like I said, these are the fallout episodes of Raw, NXT, and SmackDown the week after SummerSlam and TakeOver 36. Um, so we'll start off with Raw. Uh, first thing I'll start off with is the Bobby Lashley Goldberg thing. Um, so they've got a little storyline running, I guess. I'm, I'm, I think it's a storyline injury, but it might be a legitimate injury if you watch the match, uh, between Goldberg and Bobby Lashley at SummerSlam. Um, Goldberg has said he's got to get knee surgery. He had a little bit of interview with, uh, you know, with some WWE cameramen and stuff. And he said, basically, um, you know, he's not coming after the Universal Championship anymore. He's he's actually coming after Bobby Lashley after what Bobby Lashley did to his son, Gage, at, at the pay-per-view. Um, and it looks like, from what we've discovered, that match is probably going to take place at uh, at Crown Jewel in Saudi Arabia in, in October. So uh, it won't be at Extreme Rules, which is the pay-per-view coming up in September, but it, will, it, will, uh, it looks like it's going to be in October at Crown Jewel. So that'll be interesting to see. In the meantime... Uh, Bobby Lashley uh, came out after SummerSlam, and uh, Damian Priest and Sheamus and Drew McIntyre all came out. Now they're they're sticking with the storyline that Drew McIntyre still cannot challenge for the WWE Championship as long as Bobby Lashley is still the champion. Uh, but like I said, he's involved in this in this uh, you know altercation all the same. So, um, but who knows? I, I don't know who. Um, who Bobby Lashley's next challenger will be at Extreme Rules, but who knows? It could be Damian Priest trying to be a double champion. It could be Sheamus uh, trying to get back in the title picture. We don't know. We don't know. So we've got to see who's going to do it. Uh, also, you know, you never know. That match might turn into uh, Big E coming over from SmackDown and challenging Bobby Lashley for the title with the Money in the Bank briefcase. We don't know. So we'll we'll see going forward what's going to go on with that. Uh, it looks like Eva Marie and Dewdrop uh, fresh off their um, – or Piper Nevin, like I said, I, I keep calling her Dewdrop because that's because <laughs> that's what uh, WWE is calling her now. But she's Piper Nevin from NXT UK, um, and it looks like uh, after SummerSlam and after that little altercation they had at SummerSlam after the Eva Marie Alexa Bliss match, um, you know Piper Nevin was having a backstage interview with one of the uh, reporters, and and Eva Marie, Eva Marie attacked her, and it looks like maybe they're going to have a match next week. So we'll see what goes on there. Um, Karrion Cross had another match on Raw. Um, you know, he seems to be going through all the, all the smaller guys now. This one, this time it was Ricochet. Uh, but, but the topic of conversation is not his, uh, his opponents, it's his ring gear. And he's got, he's gotten a lot, <laughs> gotten a lot of flag for that ring gear on social media. Um, lots of different memes being put up and everything. I'm not going to say the, the ring gear really bothers me that much. It, it, it may, it doesn't make sense to me is what it is. Like, I don't think he needs like any flashy ring gear to make his character any more menacing, I guess. I, I think his facial expressions do it. You know, his size does it, everything like that. His, his promos do it to an extent. Um, I just don't think he needs the flashy ring gear. So 
I, to me, it just doesn't make sense to me. So I don't know. We'll see if he continues with it. Who knows? From what we understand, it could have been it could have been carrying across his idea for the whole ring gear uh, gimmick. Um, it might not have even been WWE creative. We'll we'll see. I'm not sure. Um, but you know what? They're getting a reaction. So <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it's not the reaction WWE expected, but um, but you know how WWE is. All they need is a reaction. Really, that's all they need. So. Uh, so we'll we'll see how that goes. Um, so now we have another Miz and Morrison conflict after the Logan Paul interview on the, I guess it was Moist TV, not Miz TV. You know, the spinoff of Miz TV, Moist TV. And it looks like we got another Miz and Morrison rivalry going on. Uh, it seems like it's kind of a little recycled. Um, maybe this time they'll do something with it instead of just, you know, having... Uh, you know, Miz turn on Morrison again, like he did in this particular episode of Raw. Uh, maybe they'll can, maybe they'll make it actually a rivalry this time. I'm not sure. And heck, I'd like to see him bring in, you know, the two uh, superstars' wives. I mean, they could bring in Maurice, and this would be a perfect opportunity to bring Frankie Monet uh, up to the uh, main roster. So, you know, just to get her in the door. I'm not saying she has to stick with this, with the gimmick as being. Uh, John Morrison's valet or, you know, just his wife on camera, much like she is in his re- in real life. But um, but at least to get her foot in the door and then she can, you know, go off and do her own thing and and uh, challenge for the, uh, you know, challenge for the women's one of the women's titles if she needs to or wants to. Um, so I guess with Reggie in the 24 seven title, I guess uh, WWE is turned around, turned it to, you know, vignettes and videos from alternate locations other than where raw is and inside the ring they've been going to like parks and and different locations and stuff like that so and then of course you always see uh akira tozawa and our truth like stalking reggie I, th- I think it's pretty entertaining television i don't know what everybody else thinks about it but i think it's pretty uh pretty entertaining at times is it a little corny yeah but uh but you know reggie he's he's got pretty good moves you know he's got he does all the flips and the somersaults and everything. So, uh, I, I didn't know he was, a what was he as circus Olay, a former, uh, a former circus Olay performer. I think that's what they say he is. Um, so that explains his athleticism and stuff. So, uh, so I, I think his athleticism is, is pretty entertaining and all the stunts he does, but we'll see. I don't know. Is this the beginning of the end of the 24 seven title? Cause it doesn't really, seem like he's defending it much uh, and he's only got the same two superstars pursuing him over and over again so it it seems like all the rest of the superstars have kind of disappeared from the picture so I'm not sure what that means for the 24-7 title Um, so we finally maybe well I'll I'll speak for myself but I think this is what some people want to see Alexa Bliss finally came out and sort of I guess confronted Charlotte Flair a little bit, you know, interrupted her celebration of the Raw Women's Championship. So maybe we're going to see Alexa Bliss and Charlotte finally go at it. I'm not sure. Uh, I guess we'll have to stay tuned and see what happens. Right now it was just a simple, you know, Alexa Bliss coming out and kind of saying hi and all that stuff. So we'll see. I don't know. Um, and in turn from that, it looks like Nikki A.S.H. and Rhea Ripley are becoming a team. Uh, they tag team together and actually beat uh, Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax on Raw. So uh, who knows? You might see a promising tag team added to the women's tag team division to challenge for those titles down the road. So we'll see how that goes as well. And uh, speaking of tag tag uh, teams, uh, the RK Bro 
and AJ Styles and Omos storyline. I kind of like the storyline, this going back and forth. You know, Randy Orton and and uh, and Riddle were having their celebration of being the tag champions, and AJ Styles and Omos come and interrupt, and you know, kind of a little bit of a entertaining segment there, and and uh, and I kind of like that they're, they're kind of doing this between the two teams because they really, I think they really need to build the Raw tag team division, and I think they're trying to do it by having some tag matches with some other teams in Raw just to see how see how things go and then maybe they can have some teams challenge for those titles but right now I'm in, in my opinion I think the uh, like I've said many times I think right now the tag division in both shows is a little I'm not going to say weak but it it could be stronger I'll just say that yeah I don't I don't think it's completely weak but it it could be better I'll just say that so hopefully they'll improve it over the coming weeks and coming months so we'll see so that pretty much did it for raw um so we're going to move on to NXT. Um, so, of course, you know, as I said last time, NXT is headed in dire- a different direction. Uh, that new NXT logo, what does everybody think about that? Uh, it's a little bit it's a little bit unorthodox, a little bit strange. Um, I'm not sure why they're going with the tie-dyed colors. That, that kind of seems, seems a little strange. Um, I'm not going to say I hate it. I mean, I don't really hate it. I just don't think it makes sense. I don't know why. I, I kind of liked the black and gold brand. I kind of... And I kind of dug that and I don't actually have a problem with the way the logo looks actually. It's just all the colors. I don't know. The colors don't make sense to me. So maybe they, I don't know. I guess maybe they're going to test it out and, and maybe, you know, maybe it'll make more sense to me whether once I see the complete direction that they're going in, but I don't know. I think they should have stuck with the black and gold brand. That's just my opinion. Um, so one thing I'm a little upset about, it looks like the, Million Dollar Championship is gone already. Um, looks like uh, Ted DiBiase has taken his belt and he's gone home. Um, you know, so we only had like two champions, LA Knight, and then Cameron Grimes finally took it from LA Knight. And Cameron Grimes and Ted DiBiase had their little celebration uh, in the ring to kick off NXT, and then um, <laughs> and then uh, then uh, uh, Ted DiBiase pulled the trick on you know Cameron Grimes, and you know he gave. He gave, uh, Cameron Grimes gave him the original belt. Ted DiBiase started to hand him the original belt, but actually replaced it with the replica. And they both had a laugh. And there you go. Ted DiBiase runs out, rides out into the sunset, and it's it's done. So I'm a little little uh, bummed about that. I was hoping it was going to be an active championship in NXT, but it looks like maybe in the new direction, maybe it makes no sense for the million dollar championship to be in NXT. But nevertheless, I'm a little bummed about it. So we'll see. Uh, we'll see what goes on now. Um, so it looks like a stable's back together. And like I said, I have no idea what the name of the stable is, uh, but it's Ridge Holland, Pete Dunn. Is it, like I said, is it Oney Lorcan or is it Oney Lorcan? I don't know. Uh, and Danny Birch. Obviously Danny Birch was out with an injury, which broke up the, uh, tag team of Lorcan and Birch for a little while. Uh, now they have their own, all four of these members of this, uh, stable have their own mission right now. Uh, Ridge Holland took out Timothy Thatcher on this episode. Now he's going to go ask, go after Tomasa Champa. Um, so he's out to destroy that team uh, by himself. Uh, Pete Dunne, of course, wants to become NXT champion since he's already been NXT UK champion. Now he wants to be NXT champion, so, so he wants to uh, put in his name in the hat to go against Samoa Joe for the title. And, of course, Lorcan and Birch want their tag titles back. So we'll see what goes on with all those moving parts in that stable. 
Uh, and by the way, if anybody knows what that stable is called, or even if they have a name, let me know. Uh, you can email me at setting the stage, setting the stage podcast, all one word at gmail.com. And let me know if you want to tell me what the name of their, uh, stable is. I'm not sure what it is. All right. So Casey Catagazzaro, man, I butchered, I'm sure I butchered her name. Casey Cantazaro and Caden Carter, uh, they've been deemed the TikTok tag team of NXT, which is <laughs> a little catchy name, I guess. But yes, they all they are all over TikTok. I've seen them. And right now they're trying to be number one contenders for the NXT women's tag team titles. Um, so they've been on a roll for a while. So hopefully they're going to be uh, be fighting for those titles pretty soon against uh, against uh, who's who's the tag team titles? Man, I, I'm a little bit. Oh yeah, it's Io, Io Shirai and uh, Zoe Stark, I believe, are the are the NXT Women's Tag Team Champions right now. So we'll see if they get a shot at those eventually. Um, Index, which is Indy Hartwell and Dexter Loomis, their uh, their wedding is set for the September 14th episode of NXT. Uh, so we'll see how that goes. We've all seen the history of weddings in WWE. They always, uh, well, you guys know if you guys are WWE fans or even if you're just wrestling fans, you know that no wedding in wrestling, let alone WWE, ever ends uh, uh, in a great fashion as far as the couple is concerned. But who knows? Maybe for the first time in history, WWE will throw us a swerve and maybe this uh, this this wedding will go off without a hitch and they become a couple and... I don't know, maybe they become an intergender tag team, and, you know, who knows? We'll see. But as history usually repeats itself, I would just, I would expect that this uh, this wedding is going to go like much of the other ones, and there's going to be some uh, some chaos going on, so we'll see. Um, Raquel Gonzalez, you know, of course, retained her championship at TakeOver 36. Um, you know, I, I'm sure, like as, as she said in the interview, her – Dealings with Dakota Kai are not over, so I'm sure Dakota Kai is still going to be in the mix. Uh, you know, Kaylee Ray, of course, debuted at Takeover 36 in NXT. She had her first match in this in this episode of NXT. You know, she comes over from NXT UK. I think she was the longest reigning champion in uh, NXT UK history. Um, so she's going to be at, wanting to add the NXT Championship to her resume, and then of course Frankie Monet, who I mentioned. Uh, with the John Morrison, Miz and Maurice thing. Uh, she's also made a claim that she deserves a shot at the championship. So we'll see how that goes. It seems like it might be a busy, uh, busy fall for Raquel Gonzalez, uh, with the, these new self-proclaimed number one contenders. So we'll see, uh, speaking of championships, um, or speaking of contenders as well, Roderick Strong, um, and Kushida, uh, still need to have their cruiserweight title match uh, as Roderick Strong continues to be named the uncrowned uh, cruiserweight champion. So we'll see if he ever gets his shot at Kushida and the cruiserweight championship in the near future. Um, I personally think that the cruiserweights need to go back to the main roster as well as the cruiserweight title. Um, I just, I don't know, especially with three hours of Raw, I think you can add them back to Raw, uh, just my opinion. But I don't know if... It's like the million-dollar championship. I don't really think it belongs in NXT, especially if NXT is going in a new direction. Um, maybe the cruiserweight title needs to go to back to the main roster, but I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how that goes. Um, so it looks like Mandy Rose is back in NXT. Um, it looks like she's taking a uh, uh, taking Gigi Dolan and J.C. Jane, <sighs> two new 
lots of new people in NXT I don't really know a whole lot about. But anyway, they lost to Ken Azaro and Carter earlier in the night. And uh, Mandy Rose is now taking, is starting to take them under her wing. And maybe they're going to form a little, uh, little stable there together. So we'll see. Um, of course, they, uh, they, they hyped the uh, breakout tournament final all night. And Carmella Hayes and Odyssey Jones went at it later in the night. Um, Carmella Hayes ended up winning. I told you earlier I thought it was a contract to be in NXT, but actually what it is is a contract to challenge any NXT champion. So that should be an interesting um, thing for Carmella Hayes. Uh, obviously, your first thought is, why didn't he just go after the NXT champion? You know, why didn't he just go after Samoa Joe? We'll see. I don't know. Maybe he maybe he wants to build his uh, you know build his character, and maybe he'll go after the North American Championship. I don't know if he's if he is he light enough to be a cruiserweight. I don't know. But anyway, but you would think that he would probably go after the NXT Championship. That would probably be the I mean, that'd probably be what I would do, even, you know, even though I'm no, nowhere close to being a wrestler, I, I think that's what I would do, you know, but who knows, we'll see what he'll do. Uh, speaking of the North American Championship, um, you got the, you know, the rivalry going on between Hit Row and Legata Del Fantasma, they had their main event uh, matchup in this episode of NXT, um, and Legata Del Fantasma wins the match um, because they had their own female member uh, debut, Electra Lopez. Uh, when she um, she pretty much confronted um, female member of Hit Row B-Fab and it caused uh, Scott to be distracted and he got pinned by Escobar. Uh, but we all know this is a prelude to probably Escobar and Scott meeting for the North American Championship down the road sometime. Not sure when that's going to happen, but it will happen at some point. So, so that did it for um, NXT. Uh, so now we're going to move on to... Uh, Move on to SmackDown. Uh, so, of course, if you've been living under a rock uh, or haven't been on social media or something like that, of course, you know that uh, Pat McAfee is out with COVID for the unforeseeable future. Uh, but it looks like he's doing pretty good uh, as far as, it, you know, despite the circumstances. Um, he's been on social media kind of updating us on his condition and everything. And it sounds like to me from the videos, he... You know, he doesn't feel great, but he he seems like he just feels like he has the flu, which I guess is, you know, good considering. So, and he says he's continuing to get better every day. So that's a, that's obviously a good news and it's a good sign. So hopefully he'll be back before uh, too long. Um, I personally think, um, while we're on the subject, I personally think uh, Pat McAfee has been a great addition to SmackDown. I know there are some wrestling fans out there that don't like him, but in my opinion, I think he's, he brings an entertaining, uh, I think he's pretty entertaining. I, I, that's all I'll say. I think he's pretty animated. He's pretty entertaining. I, but, of course, maybe I'm a little biased. I, I actually listened to his uh, his other show, the Pat McAfee show. Um, so maybe I'm a little biased. But I think he's pretty good. And it helps that he's an avid wrestling fan. I think uh, I think that helps a lot, too. So, um, But I think he's been entertaining. I think he and Cole have been a, a, a good team. But, like I said, my opinion. People might disagree with that. But anyway, so with Pat McAfee out with COVID – SmackDown had a three-announcer team this week. Um, they had Cole, obviously, and then uh, Corey Graves came over from Raw, and they had uh, KO, Kevin Owens, uh, be the third guy uh, that would you know bring a little commentary. I think KO's uh, mic skills are pretty good. I don't know about his commentary skills, but um, but he didn't do too bad. Being the third guy in there, I don't think he did too bad. I mean, he, he actively participated, and uh, 
I think they were an entertaining group, so I thought they were an entertaining team. Um, so, of course, the show started out with Becky Lynch coming out. Um, and I think I think WWE is trying to turn her heel, but I don't think it's going to work. <laughs> and a lot, I think a lot of people um, across social media are kind of uh, leaning that direction too. Because um, when she <laughs> – at the end of the segment, when she uh, refused to um, – uh, well, even when she, you know, when she was going to apologize for, you know, winning the title at SummerSlam the way she did, and then she said she's apologized for absolutely nothing. I don't think they got the, I don't think WWE got the string of boos that they were expecting. You know, that like the the ringing boos didn't come out. Like people were still cheering for her. And then when she emphatically, you know, denied uh, Bianca Belair her rematch on SmackDown. Again, she didn't get the resounding boos that I think that they were expecting. So, I think it's going to be hard to turn her heel. Um, so, I don't know. I think she's got to do something pretty underhanded. Like maybe if her and Belair meet down the road, um, you know, she's got to cheat to win or something like that. And I don't know. That might not even pull it off either. Because, like I said, Becky. I mean, look at the ovation she's got, she got at SummerSlam when she appeared and when she won the title. Um, I know a lot of fans were obviously upset that um Bianca dropped it in 26 seconds including yours truly I di- I didn't think that was the really the way to go I wasn't mad that Becky won the title but I didn't think they had to you know they had to have Belair lose in that fashion I mean it could have just been a good match you know um but maybe that explains that they wanted to take Becky they wanted to have Becky do it underhanded where she kind of you know kind of uh tricked uh bel-air but i don't think it turned out the way that wwe had intended to so i don't know but anyway so they had the number one contenders match uh because you know becky refused to defend it on smackdown um and of course bel-air won the fatal four-way elimination uh number one contenders match when she beat when she pinned Liv morgan um Zelina Vega and Carmella were also uh, involved in that match, and they got eliminated first and second. And then it was, like I said, it was between Belair and Liv Morgan, and Belair won. So, sometime in the future, and it's probably probably more than likely going to be Extreme Rules, uh, Belair and Becky Lynch will take on each other for the SmackDown Women's Title. So we'll see how that goes, and hopefully, maybe they, if they, if that's what they want to do. they want to pull off making Becky a heel. I think you'd, I think it really would be easier pulling off making uh, Bel Air a heel, maybe. But who knows? I don't know. We'll we'll see. We'll see what happens there. Um, so your next story was, you know, the one between the Bloodline, which is the Usos and Roman Reigns and Paul Heyman and Brock Lesnar. So the Usos seemed to think that Paul Heyman knew that Brock Lesnar was going to be at SummerSlam, and. Uh, but I haven't figured out whether Roman does or not. Roman's if Roman believes that Paul Heyman had something to do with it, he's really hiding it pretty well. Um, but I remember a few episodes ago I was saying that I thought Paul Heyman was going to turn on Roman Reigns uh, in what other form or fashion. But now I think it's going to be the opposite. Now that I know that they, you know, they've said that they're making Brock Lesnar the the face, and Roman's going to continue to be a heel. Um, at least that's the speculation. I'm leaning more into now that the bloodline is going to turn on Paul Heyman and, and Brock Lesnar is going to have to make the save. Like, I think that's what's going to happen. So um, when that's going to happen, I'm not sure. Because, uh, you know, they've they've talked about Brock Lesnar's contract and, 
He's going to, let's see if I get this right, he's going to wrestle, what is it, eight to ten matches in the next year and a half, I think in the next 18 months. So, so of course, you know he's going to be probably at all the major ones. So he's going to probably be at the Royal Rumble, WrestleMania, Survivor Series, and SummerSlam, probably next year's SummerSlam too. So I don't know. I mean, I guess depending on when his contract started, which I'm guessing it started either right before SummerSlam this year or whatever. So you know he's going to at least be at those four. So that's four matches already. So he's either got four to six left after that. So he might throw him on a random pay-per-view. It doesn't look like he's going to wrestle to Extreme Rules. I don't think he'll wrestle there. So that's too soon. But I can definitely see Survivor Series. Um he might even be at that one that's going to be in Atlanta on January 1st. They just announced what it was called day one, since that's a new pay-per-view. They might even have Brock Lesnar wrestle on New Year's Day. So that might not, that might be another match too. So we'll see. I don't know. Um, let's see. So the next one was the character Happy Corbin. Um, so as you know, before SummerSlam and even a little during SummerSlam, Baron Corbin was out on his luck. He's He lost his King of the Ring title. Uh, was it a couple months ago now to to Shinsuke Nakamura and he's lost all his fortune his family kicked him out all that stuff like that and he you know it looked like he'd become a homeless bum on the on the road on the side of the road right and then uh, I think he even proclaimed on what was it Raw or Smackdown the previous week that you know this was the last or no it was Raw it was Raw this week actually I think he he said that you know this is the last year you're going to see of me you know or you know I'm I'm done and everything like that and then I guess during the week that they were in Las Vegas he hit a big you know I guess he hit the jackpot he hit the he hit the big fortune and now he's gone from you know bum Corbin I guess I I don't know that that was an official name but um, but now he's happy Corbin and now he's back to his uh, stuff and now he tried to get a uh, Big E to sell his money in the bank contract and. Uh, you know, telling Big E that, hey, even if you cash that in, you're probably going to lose. And, you know, of course, they made the reference to Baron Corbin holding the contract at one time, and he cashed in and lost. And, you know, so pretty good pretty good segment, I thought. Um, but, of course, Big E kept his money in the bank. Happy Corbin just left the ring. I'm, I'm not sure where his character is going to go. I kind of like the character, but I'm kind of interested in how they're going to go with it going forward. I don't I don't know what, what he's going to do going forward with this, with this character. So... Are we going to see a vicious side to Happy Corbin, or is he just going to remain happy all the time? Uh, I guess obnoxiously happy. I, you know, who knows? I don't. We'll see what the, we'll see how that goes. Um, so the Edge and Rollins, Edge and Seth Rollins storyline. Um, it looks like they now have mutual respect for each other, even though they uh, they still don't like each other after their match at SummerSlam. Um, I don't know if they're going to have another match with each other, but I th- I think their their uh, their confrontations aren't over because it looks like they still both have the same goal in mind, and that's going after the Universal Championship. So, if they have a match in the future, maybe it'll be for the Universal Championship. I'm not sure, or maybe the number one contendership. I told you I thought that maybe the match at SummerSlam was the unnamed or you know sort of implied number one contenders match for the Universal Championship, but. Like I said, I don't. It obviously, it wasn't official, but we'll see what goes forward. Whether one or both of them actually end up getting a title shot later down the road. Um, so you saw Naomi; she showed up on SmackDown, came into Sonya Deville's office, basically got you know ignored, didn't give you know Sonya didn't give her the time of day, and she. Uh, 
I don't know. I think I, I think every I've seen a lot of people they want to see Naomi join the bloodline since uh since uh Jimmy Jimmy Uso, her husband, obviously is one of the Usos and part of the bloodline. It would uh it'd be a good addition, uh among uh, among other members who have probably been suggested to join the bloodline, but Naomi I think it would do a lot for her character. Um I I think people like her character. I think people love her athleticism. Um I I think the consensus is most fans don't think she she gets enough uh recognition. She doesn't get enough title shots. She doesn't get into the title picture nearly enough even if she doesn't win the title. She's not in the title picture enough anymore. So maybe this might be something to um you know sort of improve her character by uh, or prove her her status within the organization. Um, just to get her in the bloodline. So maybe maybe they might have her join. We'll see. I don't know. I, I think a lot of fans want that, but I don't know if that'll happen. But, you know, it's a good fantasy wish, I guess, for wrestling fans. So we'll see. Um, so Dominic had a, uh, had a match against uh, Sami Zayn and lost. Um, as I was talking about before, you're seeing a little dissension between father and son. Um, I don't think it makes sense to turn Ray heel. So I'm thinking maybe Dom- Dominic is going to turn heel if they go that far, if they turn, you know, Dominic heel and go against Ray. I mean, what a way for Ray to go out. He could, uh, he could have some matches with his son and then retire. I mean, that, I mean, what, what father wouldn't want that? That's kind of a, that's kind of probably, uh, if you think about it, that's kind of a, a fantasy, uh, ending to your career really. So have your son actually retire you? <laughs> that's interesting. And I just thought about that. So maybe maybe that might happen. Who knows? Um, so obviously I just talked about the bloodline. Um, so they had their celebration of their success at SummerSlam. You know, the Usos retaining the title, Roman Reigns retaining the title. Um, and of course out comes Finn Balor, which I think a little, some people actually forgot about, you know, that he was the original one that was going to get the contract to fight at SummerSlam. And then Baron Corbin tried to steal it. And then John Cena ended up stealing it. So uh, of course Finn and, Corbin have already had their match. Um, but Finn says he's not done with Cena. So you might see a, you might see some matches with him and Cena down the road. Um, edge, he mentioned edge, but I don't think he really has any beef with edge. So I don't think there's going to be a Finn Balor edge program at any time soon. Um, but Finn has said he wants his mat, you know, he wants his match for the universal title that he had stolen from him. So, he said he was going to ask for it at Extreme Rules, but he knows that obviously the entire bloodline will probably get involved because obviously Extreme Rules, no disqualification. You know, it wouldn't be illegal for them to get involved. So he wanted the match at this coming SmackDown. And, uh, of course, he tried to go against all the members of the bloodline. He got outnumbered, and then the Street Profits came down to help him out, which maybe tells me and probably the rest of the WWE Universe that Street Profits, the Street Profits are probably the next in line for the... Uh, for the Usos uh, in the tag team title picture, which I think those will be amazing matches. Um, those two teams are extremely athletic. Um, I think it would make some good matches, great matches, in fact. So we'll see if um, we'll see if it, that ends up end up ends up coming true as well. And that's kind of how the show ends. So that's how uh, that's how SmackDown roll uh, wraps up. So um, <clears throat> before I officially end this episode, so as you guys probably saw. I've been testing out some social media stuff. I did some uh I did some TikToks and Instagram reels during uh during SummerSlam weekend. Um 
still not confident about it really because I'm not I haven't really been a social media creator in the past so I'm still navigating that still testing out things what I want to do so hopefully that will become a staple in the expansion of my podcast um of course you know I've always I've got the Facebook group and the Facebook page you can both uh, join and follow um so you know come join my group if you want to uh Come uh, follow the page if you want to. Right now on the page, all I do is really put the links to the episodes, uh, the podcast episodes. So if you want to, I'm trying to decide what direction I want to go with the fan page. Uh, The group, I kind of usually ask questions from other sites and usually I get a little bit of participation. Uh, Also with the group, when you ask to join, there are some questions to answer, but you don't have to answer them. It's not required, Um, but you, you still have to ask to join since it's a, it's a, I guess what Facebook calls it was a, it's a private public group, I guess. Like you can search it, but you can't join it. You can't join it without an admin's permission. So, but I usually accept everybody because I usually assume that everybody's a wrestling fan. So, um, <laughs> we'll see. Uh, Twitter, I haven't exactly decided what I'm going to do with Twitter. Um, I was going to do some tweets during shows or doing, uh, uh, during pay-per-views and events and stuff. Uh, let me know. You know, let me know in on the email address I put out earlier, setting the stage podcast, uh, all one word at gmail.com. Let me know what you'd want me to see what, uh, let me know what you'd want to see on the Twitter account. Cause I, like I said, just open up a Twitter account for the, for the podcast. And of course, like I said, I'm going to try to continue to do TikToks and Instagram reels down the, down the road. Uh, YouTube and Twitch are still being, I'm still kind of strategizing that, um, not exactly sure where I'm going to go with that. Hopefully, maybe I'll be able to do maybe pre and post shows for either the pay-per-views or Raw and SmackDown, NXT, whatever, um, uh, for both YouTube and Twitch. Or maybe I can do watch-alongs. You know, we can talk on lives during during the matches or during the during the events. Uh, I'm not sure what I'm going to do with that, but that'll be coming soon, probably too. So anyway, um, so that's kind of where the the social media. Uh, I guess the social media aspect is right now. So, so anyway, but, uh, hope you enjoyed this fallout episode and I will talk to you soon. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, tag in and leave me a review or share the show with someone who you think would love it. I'll see you at ringside for the next episode.